time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.08 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, February the 19th. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here along the Grand Strand with the firm of Davis & Boyd, attorneys at law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in this crazy world. All the things that we think you need to know here at Saturday Morning Coffee. We're all about limited government, lower taxes, more freedom. All the things that mean more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for our families, more freedom for our school children, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. We've got a country to save, folks. No victimizing, no uh, no whining. We've got a country to save, and it starts right here, right here in the studio, right there around your kitchen table or in your car, wherever you are hearing the smooth sounds of my voice. We invite you to settle in. Join us as we get your Saturday morning going. Joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, good morning. You were like, smooth voice. Smooth. My, the smooth sound of my voice. How you How doing, doing this morning? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, you've been watching the Olympics? I have, uh, yeah. <laughs> What's your take on the Olympics so far? Um, uh, well, the controversy with the... I, I didn't really get into the controversy with the ice skating, but, yeah. you know, and the doping... Um, heart medication for a 16-year-old. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a not so something that I really spent a lot of time on. I had too much. There's too much to think about. Right? Yeah. There's too much going on in the world. I really haven't paid a lot of attention uh, to it. It's been kind of, a, you know, sort of a non-event for me. I just haven't been that interested in it. Well, um, the downhill skiing, of course, I really yeah. get into. I mean, they're flying. They are oh, yeah. moving like 70 miles an hour. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, but, uh, how many, where are we on the medal count? Do you know? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no clue. No, no, I've no, just no. not been following. No. So anyway, um, yeah, they're underway and I did, I did watch a couple of events. Uh, kids and I were watching doing some, the, some of the bobsledding. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. So I, but I do what I do enjoy, uh, the downhill skiing. Did you catch the Super Bowl? I did. Yeah. 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 Another event that was interesting. Went to a great party, uh, as I think I mentioned last week, barbecued a pig. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a lot of tons of food. Oh my gosh, we've been eating barbecue all week. Okay. I think, as a matter of fact, I think I finished uh, the last of it last night. So thank you, Brian. You fed, you fed my family this week. But, you know, a lot of folks were milling around. There was more, really more interest in the food than the game. It was one of those Super yeah. Bowl parties I went to where the, it was like a party and the game was played. You know, you go to Super Bowl parties and some some of them they're like everybody is just glued to the set Mm -hmm. you know glued to the television this was more just kind of a a fun gathering and there was a there was a game on well and the interest in the nfl has fallen off significantly i mean if if janet jackson lost her top today not as many people would see it you know back in the day when janet jackson lost her top it was everybody was glued to the screen super bowl half times were uh entertaining to Mm -hmm. the majority and not to just a small amount of people. Well, you know, one thing that I thought was interesting 
um, Glenn, and I, this thought did occur to me as the halftime show was playing. And, of course, halftime was uh, the centerpiece of the halftime show. It was sort of a weird set that, mm-hmm. they, that they put up. It wasn't – I wouldn't say it was that impressive. No. Um, of course, Dr. Dre, Dr. D-R-E, Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg yeah. uh, were the uh, main uh, acts. And it was, a, it was curious to me. You know, we're sitting in the middle of a game, uh, Glenn. It, there's a, a huge – Multiracial crowd of what eighty thousand people mm-hmm. in the in SoFi Stadium. Uh, we're watching a game where many people, but largely African American athletes, largely a crowd of athlete, athlete Amer- Af- African American athletes. Excuse me, still early this morning, y'all. Have uh, just been played many of them a million dollars to play a halftime of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now watching a halftime of entertainment, a halftime entertainment show where hip hop culture and African American. Uh, cultural, um, uh, cultural uh, significance is being celebrated. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the artists were all essentially of color, mm-hmm. people of color. Yeah, not a very diverse. Not group, a, um, <laughs> not a lot of not a lot of white people on the set no, during the halftime that's show. True. That's true. Uh, and we're all and and we're all not only are we all celebrating it, we're all having fun. We're all enjoying it. We're all participating in it. Many of us, not everybody. Right. But many of us throughout the nation were not only participating, but celebrating that. And yet, there are many who would have you believe that we live in a systemically racist country that is fundamentally unfair to people of color. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the word from the left. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, what gives? What reality do these people live in? Where else else on the planet? First of all, where, where else on the planet... Are people of color, are people of any color, you know, played millions of dollars uh, to play 30 minutes of football, you know? Yeah. And so it, it, it's just, it's it's funny to me. You the know, the, that, the thing I took from it was Snoop Dogg. I didn't know that. And it was his, you yeah. know, that I've heard that tune before, but oh, I had yeah. no idea it was Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I know I don't even have the tune right because I didn't hear it enough. But I watched the Super Bowl with my 89-year-old dad. Uh, I went over specifically. I took uh, some food that is, was to be eaten cold, but of course he wanted to heat it up. Yeah, and, and I let him. I'm like, okay, heat it up. But heat he it up. It was delicious. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, watching it with him, and I told him at halftime, you probably don't want to watch this. And I don't think he really understood. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, Glenn and Snoop is another example. You know, in a perfectly just world snoop would probably be incarcerated if you look at some of the things he's done and yet not only does he get a pass has he gotten a pass on on quite a few things he's a celebrated celebrity yeah, yeah. and he's a multi-gazillionaire and friends with martha stewart and friends with martha and so pass me some of that shizzle and that green stuff <laughs> you know i mean that was a good commercial with him it was great martha and and we all celebrate that but yet we live in a fundamentally yeah. racist white supremacist country it just it doesn't add up and well, I, I hope i hope you know most of us i know there's the fringe on the left that will never recognize reality i was hoping that it would be an entertaining halftime but it was just insignificant to me it didn't uh it wasn't prince it wasn't michael jackson i mean you look back on other artists that have performed during the halftime and it just was not that big I, dr dre i know he's a filthy rich guy and he probably doesn't you know does a great lot at of what stuff, he does great stuff great yeah. at what he does but i'm not entertained by dr it, dre. it was it wasn't that entertaining there was no there wasn't a lot of flash it was just kind of you know and i it, i watched it it was yeah. you know it was 
somewhat entertaining. It reminded me of a, you know, an event that you might see, you know, the individual acts reminded me of, of something that you might see if you went to like a festival, you know, yeah. just kind of, you know, yeah. just, it was like, yeah, it was good. It was entertaining, but it didn't seem like a Super Bowl halftime right. show. And half, and honestly, the commercials were not all that great. I mean, they were no, up to, the, I had a, lot, they, a lot of people said that. I think they were up to 6.5 million for 30 seconds or something like that. Some of them were kind of cute, but yeah. they weren't, you know, they weren't. I mean, I think back, I think back to some of the Budweiser yeah. commercials in the past. Yeah. I mean, just some of the things that became I, iconic, you know, like, um, you know, uh, are, are you, uh, are you Dr. Galawickets? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yes, I am. I mean, things that became part of our culture, you know, just from a simple, uh, Ad, right. you know, and so, but anyway, so it was good. It was a good time. wasn't quite on par with other Super Bowls, and of course, the game itself wasn't that exciting. It was sort of a sort of a ho hum game, but it was interesting to me. All in all, I would say it was probably as exciting a postseason of football as the NFL has given us in years, right. and yet many people seem to be kind of mostly disengaged from the NFL, myself included. You know, I had a long conversation with Tom here, and he's totally given up on the NFL. Oh, I know. Yeah, he he's has got no stickers. Interest. He's got yeah, yeah. stickers. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did see, and that it kind of changed me, I was kind of rooting for the Rams, but when the uh, fourth quarter face mask uh, on a, on a re- wide receiver, um, the penalty wasn't called. Yeah. And that was basically a touchdown pass. Yep. Um, yep. The, and I and that's when I really started rooting for the Rams because I thought they were going to lose it just because of that one play. But then the Bengals they they uh, had what three back to back penalties that really probably yeah, cost well, them the game. When you give them twenty four shots on goal, yeah. in the last yeah. four minutes, yeah. you know it's it's like okay, dude, you're yeah. going to have to figure out a different way to do this. But it was fun. We had a good time, and the uh, and the pig was awesome. We invite you guys to uh, share your thoughts with us this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee. The call-in number, as always, is 843-903-2945. You can text your comments to the PCRXcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. That's 843-798-8255. Got a great show coming up for you on Saturday Morning Coffee. A little bit later in the show, we're going to be dealing with talking with uh, Kylie Clark and Jeremy Vaught about the South Carolina safe elections effort. We're also going to be talking uh, in the second hour with Zach Smith uh, with the Heritage Foundation, who's going to be talking about an interesting story about a recent assassination attempt by a BLM activist. And the guy's out on bail. And he's out on bail. How about that? But we live in a fundamentally, systemically racist, white supremacist nation. Yeah. So go figure, folks. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. We'll be right back. morning coffee call the show at 843-903-2945 the reese boyd radio hour returns after these on talk 94.5 liz calloway here for conway ford your hometown dealership buying a vehicle is a big decision you spent hours online researching vehicles reading reviews and now you're ready to buy conway ford makes your buying experience easy and stress-free over 100 pre-owned vehicles in stock and new inventory arriving daily Conway Ford's buying experience is easier than their competitors, and they guarantee it. For the best buying experience, take the short drive to Conway Ford, exceeding expectations every day. 
Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team, EXP Realty. And Greg, you've been in this market for over 24 years locally. How does that experience translate to benefit your clients? You're right, Reese. Doing this for 24 years, we've learned a few things, and we specialize in better communication, giving our clients more peace of mind, and just handling all the details, streamlining the process. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted for properties that are moving quickly. You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. Folks, that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Uh, Breaker 1-9, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Uh, yeah, 10-4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big 10-4 there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. Was a dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I-10, about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pig Pen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee 722 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Little uh, convoy action, C.W. McCall. That means it's time for another Freedom Trucker update. Great song. I've enjoyed playing that song for you guys in tribute to the Freedom Truckers of Canada. And, of course, basically, since we last talked about uh, the Freedom Truckers last week on the show, folks, Justin Trudeau, has basically thrown down the gauntlet and uh, doubled down on tyranny and decided that the truckers have to go. You know, isn't it interesting, uh, Glenn, that the same Justin Trudeau who marched with BLM protesters, who declared solidarity with the summer, the protesters of the Summer of Love, uh, has treated some truckers parking their trucks in Ottawa and who got out the barbecues and set up jumpy castles. Mm-hmm. He has treated those people as domestic terrorists. Yeah. And so they are now uh, going to jail, folks. It's it's really quite astonishing. This is from the Epoch Times, Ottawa, Canada. Police put the number of arrests now at over 100 mm-hmm. uh, and, and the number of vehicles towed at 21 as of February 18 as law enforcement escalates its confrontation with protesters in Ottawa. Mounted police and officers on foot advanced on crowds to push them away from designated secure area, in some instances knocking down 
uh, protesters. It's really, some of the video is just really disturbing. The police slowly pushed back the crowd for most of the day, but in the afternoon increased pressure by deploying pepper spray, using police on horseback to gain more ground while advancing against the protesters. Some police officers carried assault raffle, rifles, which uh, appeared to be uh, used with rubber bullets as rubber bullet launchers. Earlier in the day, uh, protest organizer uh, Benjamin Dicker took to Twitter to urge protesters to leave and pleaded uh, with OPS to let the truckers leave in peace. One of the Freedom Convoy Canada drivers had his truck windows smashed by Ottawa police, guns drawn and dragged out of his vehicle by force. It's time to leave. Ottawa police, please allow the remaining trucks uh, to leave in peace. Again, that's a tweet that went out on Twitter uh, from Benjamin Dichter, the organizer, and uh, he was urging uh, truckers to leave Ottawa. So it's really, so things are are going south, and it, it really, they're, they're not unwilling to do anything, really. It's really frustrating. My body, my right. Yeah. I mean, that's all they're fighting. They just want to continue to do their job and cross the border. You know, and speaking of the summer of love, when <laughs> not one uh, single courthouse has been burned by the truckers right. of Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, they've not done anything to harm a single, nobody's been shot. There's been nobody killed. There's been, the only violence has been the violence perpetrated by the police. Mm-hmm. And you really have to wonder about the double standard at work and why some pro because remember Canada is a, uh, supposedly a constitutionally based freedom loving democracy, mm-hmm. just as we are. Mm-hmm. And so we have to stop and ask ourselves, well, if that can happen there, why can it not happen here? What is different? And I'm, I struggle to answer that question. Right. Why are not more Canadians standing in unity uh, with the truckers? They've, they've, they've basically tried to isolate them by taking their gasoline, taking their food. They've tried their best to take their money. They're now seizing the accounts. And, you know, there was a, I didn't pull the clip, but there was a official with the Canadian Financial Regulatory Authority who talked about seizing various accounts that were connected in ways to uh, the protesting truckers and that more account seizures would continue. Where's the court order that authorizes these monies to be seized? And are these people going to get their money back? How much is going to be seized? All these are open questions, and nobody in Canada seems to be saying, hey, you can't can't do this. You can't just willy-nilly. Uh, seize a bunch of financial accounts. They're even trying to figure out how to seize Bitcoin, and and they're and they're dealing with the uh, the Bitcoin brokerage uh, firms that allow you to translate, move money back and forth between Canadian dollars or dollars currency and Bitcoin, and they're they're figuring figuring out how they can seize Bitcoin. I don't think they can figure. Uh, I don't think the Bitcoin is going to be something they're going to be able to necessarily get their hands on. Which, by the way, folks, is why I think you're going to see governments. Uh, this will. Uh, impel governments to crack down on Bitcoin. You're going to see a, a real uh, effort, I think, by the U.S. government and other governments worldwide to rein in uh, cryptocurrency. Mm. So we'll see what happens hmm. uh, there. But this is really astonishing stuff. You know, I, we talked about it last week, Lynn. I see comparisons to the bonus army that happened after the Depression or, you know, back when, before, just before the Depression, when Hoover was uh, elected, was still president, and we were struggling with the early stages of depression, and the, and the veterans marched to Washington because they wanted their wartime bonus. They hadn't been paid. 
and he put the rebellion down. Uh, there were shots fired. There was violence. I think some people were killed. And I think it, it wounded him mortally, uh, the president, politically. I think that's a huge reason that Hoover didn't get reelected and FDR was elected. I think Trudeau is done. I think he's, you know, I think he has signed his own political death warrant. But, and you got to wonder why. Yeah, but, he, you know, it's, it's so funny. Again, n- none of these people threatened anybody. Nobody. They didn't threaten the government. Mm. They didn't threaten any other residents. They didn't threaten any of the shop owners. As a matter of fact, some of the shop owners were saying these people are great customers. Mm-hmm. They're using our they're, they're using our services. Things are better now than they've been in a while. And, and Trudeau goes into hiding. It's it's astonishing and equally astonishing, folks, is how our government doesn't seem to care. We're talking about right just across the border. Yeah, next door. I mean, our our our, our closest, uh, just by I would say arguably uh, geographical location, our most significant ally, mm-hmm. and our closest partner on the international stage, and freedom and democracy are in free fall. In Canada, and nobody at the State Department of the United States of America, just you know, ten miles to the south, nobody seems to care. Mm-hmm. They all seem to be wrapped up in what's going on in Ukraine mm-hmm. and thinking that that is the uh, endemic systemic threat to the nation at the moment. What's happening in Canada is much more concerning to me than what's happening in Ukraine and southern border. I mean, come on, guys, we've got we've got problems here at home. I don't know why they're uh, well, and we don't have the money really for Ukraine either. But we keep sending billions of dollars of equipment over there. We we really don't have any money. No, I mean, I, no, we don't. We every we have money because we're borrowing it. We yeah. have money because we're printing it, and yeah. we're having money because we're creating it. So, but it, it is really unbelievable uh, how Canada has has doubled down on tyranny, and and it is going to have a huge. Um, blowback i think for trudeau mm-hmm. but it is uh, unbelievable just how um incredibly um tyrannical the the trudeau regime is behaving and folks i just want to remind you that they have a constitution just like us mm-hmm. they have a constitution that uh demands uh that that people be have that the people have the right to assemble mm-hmm. and that's exactly what the truckers have done they've peacefully assembled uh, in protest of a, a, a vaccine that they don't want to take because it's sort of a sort of maybe vaccine that somehow might protect them against a disease from which they might not need mm-hmm. protection anyway. And, and, they, and, and it's experimental and they don't want it. And just a few months ago, they were the heroes. They were frontline workers. They were the, the guys that were still working during the pandemic and, and moving things around. You know, they, they fell in line with the healthcare workers, the grocery store workers and all that. They were... Yeah, they were a, a necessity to keep our nation running, and um, it's like Canada's just turned their back on them. Well, and and they have shown we have seen throughout this the last I think two years that uh, the folks that move the goods mm-hmm. in this society are incredibly important yeah. and are underappreciated. Yeah, and so uh, you know it's something that uh, you know it, it's I think it's most important for us to, to look at this, to stand with these guys, to try to support them as however we can, uh, financially, uh, prayers, whatever we can do for them, we need to do. But also we have to be aware that if their constitution is not working in Canada, we have to figure out, wait a minute, <laughs> why not? Because 
they have a constitution just like us that says the people have the right to assemble. And that's all the truckers have done is peaceably assemble. Um, and yet they are going to jail, uh, much like the folks from the January 6th uh, assembly, which, by the way, did get out of hand. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, you, you see a different standard being applied to people. And I think that's one of the huge problems that we have today, Glenn, is that government is not acting in an even-handed fashion. Right. And, and people see that. They know that. Right. And, and they realize that there's some standards for some and different standards for others. Absolutely. And, and equal protection is the foundation, the cornerstone of our Constitution. Mm. And I think people will put up with a lot from their government as long as they know that people are all across the board being treated equally badly. You know, yeah, that's true. But once yeah. they realize that the government is picking winners and losers and they're treating some people this way and other people a different way, then they're like, nope, not going to not going to go there. Homie, don't play that. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I thought about you this morning. Uh, yeah. Somebody was talking about the uh, the January 6th and it was on the radio this morning as I was coming in and he called it the January 6th resurrection. Hmm. Yeah. The resurrection. Really? The That's resurrection. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Not even Easter. So, folks, we'll continue to watch carefully what's going on in Ottawa. It's extremely important, but we uh, invite you to pray for these guys and support them to the extent you can. Uh, they're fighting for your freedom. And make no mistake about it, their freedom is your freedom. And the two are interchangeable. We'll be back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Stick with us. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. Everybody, welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. A little new new uh, intro segment for you. A little blinded me with science. Who's that? Tom Dolby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little Tom Dolby mm-hmm. for you. Blinded me with science. Whenever we want to be blinded with science, folks, we uh, obviously want to talk to Anthony Fauci. Tony. Tony. Tony Fauci. And by the way, what a surprise, folks. Uh, Dr. Fauci joins us here in the studio really? this morning. Yeah, right here in the studio. Uh, just happened to be dropping by. I, Dr. Fauci, welcome uh, to the program. I did not realize uh, that you uh, were a fan of Saturday Morning Coffee. Dr. Fauci, thanks for joining us here on the show. Reese, I love Saturday Morning Coffee. It's wonderful. Well, Dr. Fauci, thank you so much. That's very kind of you. And one of the things that we've been noticing, Dr. Fauci, is that the... Uh, Case counts apparently moderating from the Omicron variant. What, what are we looking for? How will we know, Dr. Fauci, when it's safe 
to take off our mask? When can we back off? When can when is the pandemic going to be over? When will when will we know? You know, there's no magic number, but what you want to look at is the tra- the trajectory. You want to make sure that number's going down, down and down and down and down and down and down, and never up. Always down and down and down and down and down and down and down. And down and down some more. And just to be safe, one more down and down and down and down. That's how you know. Oh, great. Thanks, Dr. Fauci. You cleared that right up for us. There's there's no magic number, apparently. This, uh, of course, folks, that's uh, my own sordid, poor attempt at a, at a Fauci impression. Dr. Fauci not in the studio this morning. But, you know, Nick Summers has been giving me a hard time, Glenn, about my Fauci impression. So I'm, yeah. I've been working on it. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It, it, there's... there's uh, you know, no magic number, according to the Fouch. He was on with uh, ABC's, uh, he was on the ABC News uh, this weekend, and he, he was asked about that very question. He said, uh, White House uh, Chief Advisor uh, Anthony Fauci responded to a question about what the threshold of cases would cause him to determine that the coronavirus pandemic has passed. Or he said, there's no magic number. Glenn, there's no magic number on the case counts, even though case counts are declining. Mm-hmm. No magic number. And the metrics for making decisions will look more at the rates of severe disease and the hospitalization over infection rates. But we don't know what that number is yet. Host Lindsay Davis asked, our country right now at least is still still seeing about 147,000 new cases of COVID per day. But what would the threshold be in the future for you to say, OK, the pandemic has passed? Fauci responded, you know, there's no magic number, but what you want to do is make sure the trajectory keeps going down and down and down. And I think the important issue, and that relates to one of the questions you asked before about the CDC considering giving more precise metrics for decision making, that concentrating more on what the rate of severe disease and hospitalization is will determine that. We don't know what the number is yet, but that will be much more of a determinant than the rate of infection. And the truth is, it occurred to me, Glenn, listening to this, other than that it was a hilariously funny quote, um, you know, it's, uh, they don't have a number, you know, and I just want to remind you guys, we've said this again many times, this was going to be 15 days to flatten the curve. Mm -hmm. We're now at, what, day 750 something. And they don't have an end game because they don't want an end game. Right. They don't want this to end. No. This has been a huge opportunity for government and bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci to behave like little Napoleonic tyrants, and they enjoy that. And so when you start asking him questions that make him think his reign of terror might be coming to an end, well, they get real cagey about answering the question. And Fauci is the one that always says, I'm science. And she goes, well, what's the number? And he goes, well, there's no magic number. She didn't ask him for a magic number. It's not magic. Right. He's Mr. Science, remember? Yeah, maybe a percentage would have been a better question than a number. And the truth is they don't have an answer, Glenn, because guess what, folks? This is never going away. Well, why are they um, Why are they the same? Well, he said that kids should remain masked in school, and they're the lowest, you know, they, they don't get infected like we do. They're the, that's... There's not a problem with children and COVID. Uh, Excellent question, Glenn. Yeah. Mr. Science, I am science, Dr. Fauci, the man who blinds us with science, 
tells us, as of recently as this interview, which I think was yesterday, that there is no prudent basis for allowing children to take off their masks, that they should continue to mask, that that's the reasonable thing to do. Uh, The reasonable approach is to continue to force children to wear their masks, but yet there is not a single scientific study that I've been able to find, and if anybody out there listening knows where one is and they want to send that to me, I'll be glad to... I don't believe there is a single study, not one, that has demonstrated the benefit or efficacy of forcing children to wear masks. Right. There, it, I mean, it, first of all, it's an incredibly small risk for mm-hmm. children of elementary school age or mm-hmm. younger that we're, that we're trying to insulate against. Right. And so you're, you're, you're trying to improve upon a situation that already doesn't necessarily need much improvement. <laughs> and so, and at the same time, it's very clear, the data is becoming clear, that we have damaged an entire cohort of children yeah. over a couple of years by not giving them adequate educational resources. They're not making progress. Their speech development is delayed. It turns out that speech, my wife's a speech pathologist, we were discussing this, we believe that, and, and I think that history will show, I, I think we've created a, a group of children over the last, in, that are in the, their sort of the prime development years that are going to be impaired for a long time because of what we've done to them. Mm-hmm. We've, we've forced them to wear masks from the minute they walk into school to the minute they leave. They've had to sit in these little plexiglass cubes, yep. isolated from their uh, teacher, isolated from their peers. And I think we have developmentally harmed an entire class or two or three classes uh, years of children in this country. And right. I think we'll be paying the price for that for years. Adults can go out to dinner with their friends, sit uh, across the table from their friends, have dinner, sit next to them, have dinner, enjoy the relationships. Children can't even have 15 minutes on the playground without a mask on. And, yeah. and that, then, that's and, going to damage some kids. And there is not even, um, is there no scientific basis for that? There's not even a rational basis right. for making a child wear a mask while they're running around on the playground. It's insanity. Well, folks. and where is the study on antibodies? How long do the antibodies last in us when we've had COVID? How long do the shots, the vaccines, last? Do we really have to have boosters? Yeah. You know, these are the questions that aren't getting answered. I think we've two years into this, we should know how many, how long antibodies stay in the body and, and protect us. And, and I don't think... I'll make a prediction, Glenn. I don't think you're going to get many answers because the answers are not politically correct. No, they're not the answers that the Fauci of that the Fauci's of the world want to give you. Because again, the answers are going to indicate that it is time for the pandemic to end. The pandemic is over, y'all. I think for most of us, for you, for me, mm-hmm. I've had COVID. I have natural immunity. And by the way, there are studies out there. If you really do the digging, I'm going to try to find some time. Uh, this week to really do some digging on a couple of the studies that you you remind me that are out there okay. so that we can maybe talk about them next week. You know, sometimes the practice of law does get in the way of the radio yeah. career, I, I must say. But, yeah, there are some studies that are out there. The Israelis have done a lot more study yes. studying on this than we have. But it's very clear that natural immunity is much more effective at this point than the immunity that's created by the vaccine. Right. And, and, and frankly... 
the immunity that's created by the vaccine is very is very obvious. It's very obvious to anybody who works in healthcare. The people who are coming in with COVID, at least half of them, sixty percent of them, have been vaccinated. Right. So, you know, we've got a situation where the numbers don't add up and the science doesn't work. And so, the people who have been urging us to follow the science are now saying stupid things like there's no magic number. <laughs> she didn't ask for a magic number. She asked for data. She asked for a data point. Because you're science. Yeah. Go ask so, your sisters. Yeah. So it's uh, and it and it's not going to end, folks. We're going to have to end it. That's my point. Yeah. We're going to have to end this. So let's take a little break. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. But that is your, you are blinded with science this morning, folks. And that's your uh, follow the science update with Dr. Anthony Fauci. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. Stick with us. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee. And we're here talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, wrapping your wealth around your purpose is not just a slogan. It is the heart and soul of our firm. And how we do that is getting to know you and making sure you know your purpose. Then our keep more strategy is deployed. We want you to keep more so you can spend more and then you can give more and then one day you can leave more. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. It's Powell Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at powellfinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. All across the nation, we are here for our communities. We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in order to fight COVID-19 together. It feels good to be out there to assist our community. I would like our friends and family to know that your National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the South Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the South Carolina Broadcasters Association at this station. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Ready? Finger, we have the finger. One. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.52 on Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the program. 
want to give a shout out to the climbers checking in on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. Also, Maserati Gary checking in on the pcrxcomputers.com text Cadillac line. Gary. We need to change that. It's Cadillac. Who made it Maserati? I I can only imagine it was Nick. It wasn't me. So, yeah, it and, wasn't me. And I, I, I will get with Nick and get that changed out. It uh, says Maserati. I thought that, I obviously thought he requested that change. I don't you know, think so because he You know, actually, Cadillac Gary also owns a Maserati. Well, but he chimed in last week and said, can we change that back? Oh, Cadillac. And he doesn't want to be Cad- known. Cadillac well. Gary is more of a man of the people. Oh, yeah, a man of the people. Man yeah. of the people. And, and, uh, yeah. and served this nation. And look at his comment this morning. My mother intentionally, this is on the PCRxcomputers.com text line, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother intentionally exposed me to chicken pox. Herd immunity is what we need. Everyone getting the jab is not the answer. He's ding, right. Ding, 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 That's ding, what ding, we need. Yeah. We need, I mean, what we ultimately need is for everybody to, to kind of get some sort of effective immunity. Mm-hmm. And natural immunity is a lot better. And it, I think you and I have known this. I, we, many people have known this since a long time. I mean, we're sooner <laughs> or later all going to have to get this. You know, yeah. we're just going to have to get it and, and deal with it. And get through it. That's uh, that's the way these things work. We've been down this path before. And, of course, now, Glenn, they're telling you that the, the uh, mRNA approach, they're going to have to um, modify that. Modify it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's going to be un- undergoing constant modification. So you're going to be coming back every six months to a year at most to get another Fauci ouchie. And it, yeah. I, I just, no, thank you. I'll pass. And actually, uh, James just chimed in on the PCRxcomputers.com. He is not James from Myrtle Beach. He's now James from Surfside Beach. No, James from Surfside he Beach. Yeah, he moved. I, uh, I put blinds yeah. up in his house. Uh, Don B. Magadon checking in. Good morning. James from Surfside Beach. Andy Thompson checking in. Good yeah, the, morning, the, Andy. The, the Go Green Agenda, Andy. I like that. Uh, we were talking about Snoop Dogg a little earlier. Yeah. That's, then we've got uh, a new uh, new individual checking in on the PCRxcomputers.com text line. Art Ruffalicious checking in as well. Albert checking in. So a lot of you uh, chiming in with your comments this morning. Thank you all so much for listening. I want to remind you all, too, during the week when I'm on the day job, if you want to reach out, I've had uh, several calls from listeners lately. Y'all can find me uh, weekdays at the offices of Davis and Boyd. That number is 843-839-9800. You can also... Uh, email your comments to the show. The email address for the show is SMC at gmail.com. SMC at gmail.com. By the way, Glenn, got a complaint over the week from a listener. Said I hadn't been giving enough stuff away lately. So we're going to give away a Saturday morning coffee mug and a Starbucks gift card this morning. So the first, uh, let's say we'll take the third person to text in on the pcrxcomputers.com text line i love saturday morning coffee get yourself a starbucks gift card and a starbucks a starbucks excuse me saturday morning coffee coffee mug so there you go let those texts uh let those texts roll we'll take uh, texter number three on the pcrxcomputers.com text line all you have to say is i love saturday morning coffee um and we've also been giving away some stuff on the podcast. And to remind you guys that Saturday Morning Coffee is also available as a podcast in the Apple CarPlay menu or your Apple Podcast menu. If you will search for uh, Saturday Morning Coffee or in uh, Google Play, search for Saturday Morning Coffee. Look for the familiar red and blue coffee cup logo. You'll find us. And uh, so... Uh, so be sure to listen for those contests inside the podcast. That's in addition to what we do here on the radio station. I got our, got a couple of texts coming in already. Uh, I think the next one should get it. Um, but, uh, it is, uh, always, uh, fun to give away Saturday morning coffee, coffee mugs. And quite a few of you send me photos of you drinking your coffee 
on Saturday morning with your Saturday morning coffee coffee mug. So one of the quick items I wanted to cover with you all before we get to the end of the show, um, government works slowly, Glenn. The wheels of government do turn, but they turn slowly. Uh, Bob Keller at the station suggested to me quite a, quite like 20, maybe might've been 2019, 2020 or 2019. Bob was having a hard time flying the flag of the state of South Carolina Mm -hmm. in In his his neighborhood, in his neighborhood. Yep. So we went to the HOA, negotiated for him. They said, no, you can't do that. Turns out there is a law that protects the American flag. There's a piece of the code, the United States code that protects the homeowner's right to fly the American flag at your residence. So how are we doing on time? One minute. So if you uh, want to fly the American flag, you're flying, but the South Carolina flag was not so protected. And um, so I, I sat down with Bob. We developed a, sta- uh, a proposed bill. We submitted that uh, bill to the legislature. Representative William Bailey was uh, very helpful in getting that bill introduced. Well, guess what? The protect the homeowner's right to fly the South Carolina state flag is now moving. It's coming up in committee. So we'll have a committee hearing this coming week. So we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, in Columbia on Wednesday. I'm not sure I'm actually going to go or if Bob's going to go. But we'll have uh, that te- that first committee testimony on that bill coming up on Wednesday. So we'll have a little bit more to say about that after the break. But uh, congratulations, uh, Bob Keller. Uh, your bill is moving, my friend. So it Breakfast will, is on you, buddy. It's on you, buddy. <laughs> Folks, stick with us uh, after these words from our sponsors and a news break. We'll be back with more Saturday morning coffee coming up. Got some interviews in the second hour. I hope you'll uh, stick with us. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. This is Jennifer Walters with the Little River Chamber of Commerce and Visitors Center. Come find your treasure right here in Little River. Hi, I'm Jim Upperman, a member of CNJ Southern Shores. And now we're very proud to have brought ASAP Realty to Little River. ASAP Realty is a group of realtors that have a camaraderie and family atmosphere to make sure everyone is serviced to our best ability and our principal market is Little River 29566. And of course, we do reach out. The chamber is here for this community, and there's no doubt that you know that when you meet them. And actually, if you have an impact in Little River or you want to do business in Little River, you should join us. I'm Jim Upperman with ASAP Realty. Come find your treasure in Little River. Little River, South Carolina, just right. Broadcasting from the Tide Law Studios, this is Talk 94.5. Liz Calloway here for Conway Ford, your hometown dealership. Buying a vehicle is a big decision. You've spent hours online researching vehicles, reading reviews, and now you're ready to buy. Conway Ford makes your buying experience easy and stress-free. Over 100 pre-owned vehicles in stock and new inventory arriving daily. Conway Ford's buying experience is easier than their competitors, and they guarantee it for the best buying experience take the short drive to conway ford exceeding expectations every day you're listening to the reese boyd radio hour saturday morning coffee on talk 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It's 8.07 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Hope you are enjoying your Saturday morning. Hope that second cup of coffee is treating you just as well as the first. It's um, a uh, one more thing I wanted to share with you guys about the story we were talking about just before the break. Uh, we were talking about Bob Keller. Bob, by the way, is a great sales guy here at the station he's, he's like the master of sales here. he's he's he keeps every, this place running i know and oiled he's like duncan he keeps this place running he does uh, you know america runs on duncan yeah that would be and a great a sponsor for you great guy by the way if you want to become a sponsor yeah, for duncan. saturday morning coffee feel free to call the station give bob a give bob a call he'll be glad to help you guys out with that we are always uh happy to talk to potential sponsors for the show looking for a breakfast place you know dunkin donuts would be good i used to do a spot uh up in the washington area for dunkin donuts and that was one of my favorites because at the end you'd say america runs on on dunkin but it was the big and toasty bacon egg and melted cheese on toast sourdough bread i mean the big and and toasty was a treat but i did want to say this about hoas because it's funny i put that bill in with uh, William Bailey with Representative Bailey. He's been great about sponsoring it. And those of you who missed the segment in the previous uh, hour, we were talking about a, a situation that Bob Keller ran into and his HOA was giving him a hard time about flying the South Carolina flag. They said, no, you can't do that. They were going to find him. They did it's find him. It's not like an ISIS flag or something. I know. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. A simple flagpole in the front yard. And he wanted to put, he didn't want to fly the American flag. He wanted to fly the South Carolina flag. Totally appropriate. Mm-hmm. There's a federal law that protects your right to do that with the American flag, but it doesn't speak to your state flag. So we said, hey, there needs to be a state law that protects your right as a homeowner to fly the South Carolina flag in your front yard if you want to. Well, after literally kind of meandering through the halls of the state house for a year or so, finally we realized we, we we're going to get a committee hearing this week. So we're going to be going to Columbia maybe to be at the hearing. I'm not sure we'll actually need to be there or not, but that's a possibility. But the bill's coming up for a hearing, but it reminds me, you know, we do uh, a fair amount of HOA work in our firm. Glenn, we, we represent some HOAs, and I also represent homeowners, like I did Bob, mm-hmm. when they have a problem with their HOA. But one of the things you realize, folks, if you love freedom and you want to be free and you want to be left alone, it's like my attitude is, look, I don't want to mess with my neighbor. I don't want to tell my neighbor how to arrange his flower bed. Right. But I also want I, I don't want to do that. I also want to be left alone myself. And some of these HOAs, it's just incredible the number of rules and and sort of regime requirements that you're signing up for when you buy a house in some of these developments. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I, I don't understand. We've got a lot of people moving from blue states to red states like Myrtle Beach, like South Carolina, because they want to be in a, in a more free society without the lockdowns, without all the things that they have to, had to deal with up north. And some of these neighborhoods that they're, they're, they're moving into, they're setting up uh, – HOA restrictions, requirements, covenants that are so oppressive, you know, for me, I mean, I, my wife, we live in a neighborhood with very limited HOA restrictions for, because that's the way we want it, you know, but, um, you know, if you are on your, uh, HOA board, my advice to people is always just remember, you know, it's like we talk about going the bureaucrats that are empowered and it's a, it's an, it's a heady thing for them. And when Fauci, when you ask Fauci a question and he thinks his reign of terror is going to be over, he gets nervous because mm-hmm. he enjoys the power. Some people get on their HOA board, board and they enjoy the power. But just remember, you're not going to be on the board forever. I always, no, I, always, I always advise people, look, 
you may be walking around chalking tires today and checking to see <laughs> if people get their trash can in by 501, you know, by 5 p.m. as yeah. required. Yeah. That may make you feel so important. But just remember, in about two years or three years or one year, whenever, you're not going to be on the board, and it's going to be your neighbor that's going to be chalking your tire and watching your trash can at 5.01 p.m., and you're going to be racing home about to have a wreck because you got to get the trash can in or get a fine. Right. And, and so just remember, it, you know, it's the golden rule. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated. But if you guys live in an HOA, it's funny. The reason I bring all this back up is because I got a call from the lobbyist at the office, the, one of the lobbyists who represents uh, the community association, the association of HOAs. Folks, they run, and I like the guy. I've known him for years. I like him. Um, he's a good guy. But I'm reminded that the HOAs have banded together, the, commu- the Association of Community Managers, they band together at the Statehouse. They are a well-oiled lobbying machine. Hmm. And they are up there lobbying to, to preserve their right to chalk your tires and to photograph your, your, uh, your, uh, I mean, Glenn, I represented a guy in a foreclosure and it started because he got an HOA fine that he didn't know about. And by the time he realized he had a fine and it was over something stupid mm-hmm. and he said, Oh, he was so mad. He wadded it up and threw it away. They kept, they kept just adding it up in the fees and the interest in the fees. And sooner or later he had, a, he was served with a foreclosure wow. and it literally started because one night he left his trash can out overnight, which was against the rules. Wow. So if you guys have issues with your HOA, I would love to hear from you. I'm building a little database of issues. We'll see where that goes. But please call me at the office if you've got uh, issues with your HOA. And by the way, if you're an HOA board and you want some seasoned uh, and sensible uh, counsel, feel free to call me as well. We work both sides of the aisle on that issue. And we try to encourage HOA boards to be sensible about the way they conduct themselves, which tends to work out best financially in the long run. Um Right now, folks, we're going to switch gears. We got uh, joined in the studio by a couple of very special guests this morning. We're going to be talking about uh, a new effort that is underway in uh, South Carolina. It is the South Carolina Safe Elections Group. You can find the organization online at sccafeelections.org. They recently had an event where they pro, uh, where they published some findings, and I think most of us all of us, we've been talking uh, since the November 2020 election, certainly, but even before that, we've been talking about the importance of ensuring the integrity of our elections, because if we cannot uh, trust the result of the election, folks, what happens at the ballot box? If you can't go to the ballot box and trust that your ballot is going to be counted fairly and is going to have the same weight as somebody else's uh, vote somewhere else, if you can't assume and trust that all of that is the case, then democracy is in real trouble because people will trust the outcome uh, of our elections only so long as they feel we have integrity. And I think one of the major problems we have in the country today is most folks do not believe, most folks are not comfortable that the outcome of the 2020 election that they were told, uh, they're not comfortable that that was the actual outcome. And that's created many problems for us and we're continuing to sort that out one of the things we've been talking about is the need to fix the problem and and we've been talking about it but these are some folks that are actually doing something about it so i'm joined here in the studio by kylie clark and jeremy vaught two local um folks who are working with this effort so good morning kylie good morning um jeremy welcome to the show good morning reese thank you for having us you you are quite welcome i appreciate y'all coming in um, we're making the local connections 
I, um, you were telling me that you were up in uh, Beaufort and you moved to South Carolina. So you've been here about 10 years and we both have kids at Christian Academy. That's correct. And, uh, and of course, uh, Jeremy is uh, the son of Johnny Vault on uh, County Council. Was I... <laughs> You know, and I and I and it's funny, Jeremy. As I look at, it, I see the resemblance. You're you're, you're with your dad, so uh, we've got uh, lots of connections going back to Conway, uh, growing up uh, there. So anyway, wanted to have you guys tell us a little bit for starters. Whoops, excuse me. Have a, t- tell us um, if you would uh, um, tell us, Kylie, what is this organization? How, how did it get started? What, what's it all about? Um, well, it's a total grassroots effort, um, mm-hmm. just South Carolinians. This is not a group that has a national um, umbrella group over us that's funding us or anything like that. Um, everything we've done has been on our own dime and our own time, and we're happy to do it because we want to make sure our elections are free and fair. Yeah. Um, it was started by Laura Shar of Lexington County and Lori Zapp of Beaufort County. And um, after testifying last summer in front of legislative committees about election fraud and not really getting anywhere, they formed this group. Mm-hmm. And um, and what was their background? How did they, what brought them to testify? Did um, You know, I, Lori, I know, um, I think she got on the trail because she realized um, her father had passed away and he was still on the voter rolls in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so she started doing some digging because um, she realized their the voter oh, yeah. rolls aren't clean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and she wanted to see how that looked here in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and so this effort was formed, and um, they purchased the voter rolls um, back in August of 2021, and they were looking for um, volunteers in various counties to um, help with a canvassing effort. Yeah. And we stepped forward and because we knew um, Horry County had been identified by Captain Seth Keschel as one of the most um, corrupt-looking in the country, actually. We were number four. I mean, I'm sorry, 84 on his top 100 yeah. counties in the country. Wow. Um, so we um, we stepped forward and we started canvassing at the end of October of last year. Mm-hmm. And we canvassed for about um, three and a half months. And, and, when you, and when you say, let me ask you a question. Yes, Because I'm not sure, because many people won't <laughs> understand when you say canvassing. Yes, thank what, you. How does that process work? What do you actually do? Okay, so um, we go to people's homes and we ask the questions, you know, um, are these people that are identified? So you're taking the voter roll. We have the voter rolls. You yes. see who's registered at an address. At an address. And you go there. We go to the address okay. and we identify the homeowner and we ask if the other people at the address um, actually live there. Um, and if that have lived there. or have lived there um, during the 2020 election. Um, then we ask if the homeowner mm-hmm. voted in the 2020 election because we do have the record of that person's last recorded date. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we find our lost votes. Sometimes they tell us, yes, they did vote, but we don't have that recorded. Yeah. Um, okay. So right now, the effort, is it primarily aimed at validating the voter rolls? Is that is that kind of where the focus is? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to identify phantom voters and ghost registrations. Are you familiar with those terms? I've heard them, but many people haven't. So why don't, okay. you, why don't you explain? So a phantom vote is a vote cast where the registered voter was deceased, did not live at the registered address, or where the registered address was not a residential address. These are votes that did occur in the 2020 election. A ghost registration has the same definition, but a vote was not cast. Yeah. Okay. So in Horry County, we identified 663 phantom voters, 1,355 ghost registrations, and we found 297 
registrations where the people have since moved from the 2020 election and have not been cleaned from the rolls yet. Okay. Give me those numbers one more time. 663 phantom votes. Okay. 1,000. Registrations or actual votes? Actually voted in the 2020 election. Oh, wow. Um, 1,355 ghost registrations and another 297 that have moved since the 2020 election that have not been cleaned from the rolls yet. Yeah. So we examined 2,454 voter registrations, and of those, 2,330 generated affidavits, meaning they're either a phantom voter or a ghost registration. Yeah. So have you guys published anything? I think I saw there was an event that you had. That um, you, that you we re- released results? our results on February 5th. Okay. At, um, I saw that. Yep, and that was in Columbia. And that was from eight counties that were canvassed here in South Carolina, Ory, Lexington, Beaufort, Richland, Spartanburg, York, Charleston, and Berkeley counties. All right, very good. So we got to take a little break. Can you mm-hmm. guys stick with us through of a commercial course. break? We'll come back. We are uh, busy talking uh, this morning to Jeremy Vaught and Kylie Clark with SC Safe Elections. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Text us 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Reese, Pamela and I have always cherished that we get to live on the coast of South Carolina. What a privilege it is to serve our friends and neighbors along the Grand Strand and beyond with clients in 27 states. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. As we look to celebrate and ring in the new year, now is the time to review your financial relationships. 2022 could be a year of much volatility with elections, midterms, and potential tax law changes. If you don't have an advisor you trust, call Pyle Financial Services at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Thanks for sticking with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We are talking to Kylie Clark and Jeremy Vaught, and we're talking about the South Carolina safe elections effort. They recently had a reveal on February 5, where a lot of really disturbing findings, folks, were uh, revealed. And Jeremy, you were just um, uh, telling me before the break that uh, you didn't uh, get a lot of response from legislators at your event. 
Every you, single get a little closer to the mic if you could, Jeremy. Every representative was invited and and some were invited multiple times. We only had a few that even RSVP'd to us. Wow. And I have said many times on my show, I don't know if you guys get a chance to listen uh, to the show regularly, but we, we talk about this often, particularly in the months, you know, since November 2020. But if we don't fix this issue, nothing else matters. I mean, if you can't rely on the ballot box in a democracy, you don't have a ballot box. Reese, I mean, you I don't re- have a democracy. Reese, I remember back in 2020, yeah. you talking about the voter machines being connected to the Internet. Yeah, that morning. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we, we, there's been a whole discussion on this show about whether the machines connect to the internet or not. Uh, the, the, the theory that I've been. They do. Yeah. They, well, I, I'm a poll manager for my precinct, and I had heard uh, certain people say the machines do not connect to the internet. And the first thing I do when I open up when when we set up the poll station was put a a, a hotspot in the in the in the polling place. And it was a off-the-shelf Verizon hotspot. And Wi-Fi. And I'm like, okay, if I'm not connected to the Internet, why do I need an off-the-shelf Verizon hotspot for my polling place? I, I shouldn't. Now, what, I've been, what has been told to me is that the numbers, the tabs, are not transmitted by that path, that that's used for other purposes. Yeah, uh, maybe. You know? <laughs> it's I'm, the Internet. I, I, you know, we said this during the, the break, Jeremy. I believe this is my view. I've had this since at least November of 2020, before, actually. I think the election should start with a paper ballot, and you should mark a paper ballot. Now, you may have to scan that ballot and use computers to count it, but at the end of the day, if there's a paper ballot for every voter, and we can put those in a box until the election is in the history book. In the history books, we at least have paper ballots. We can go back and count by hand if we need to, right? You do, but who's to say that those things are going to be verified? Because we don't verify them now in most cases. Well, let's just say if every precinct in November 2020 um, used paper ballots, wouldn't we be able to go back and nothing else? If nothing else, we, we just Put the paper out and count the ballots by hand. Could if it? if you can get an audit. Yeah. So t- you you mentioned a story that something something that y'all found, Jeremy, that was really disturbing to you. What was what were some of the more disturbing findings that you found when y'all were canvassing? Well, we found one voter that had been dead since 2018, and they voted in 2020. It's a miracle how they do that. Graveyard graveyard voting. Well, you know, and one of the things wow. that. I've been following this issue when I was in law school and working for the then governor of South Carolina, Congress passed a bill called the National Voter Registration Act. And we know that bill as motor voter. And there was a big discussion over how easy it should be to register to vote at that time. And Republicans resisted motor voter for the most part. Uh, because I don't think you, you know, you shouldn't be able to register to vote when you buy a hamburger at McDonald's. I mean, it should be a process and it's, it's, it's okay that you don't do that for people, make them, you know, and so we've made the process so easy that it's easily manipulated. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree with you completely. You know, Um, one problem that, that we've seen is commercial addresses having people registered to vote at them and a commercial address is not the definition of uh, domicile exactly exactly we, you know? we found um 
almost 500 phantom voters and ghost registrations at commercial addresses. And again, we've just scratched the surface. When it comes to commercial, we were just looking at um, Highway 17, King's hmm. Highway. We wow. haven't even looked at 501, 544. Um, we have examined less than 1% of voter registrations in Horry County, and this is what we've discovered. Now, again, we did target some of our residential addresses. We targeted the ones that had several names at the address, or we had evidence that people had moved. Um, but again, this is less than 1% of Horry County, and this is what we found. Um, we have found 700... So, and when you say less than 1%, Kylie, what you've looked at, what you canvassed, is less than 1% percent of, of the, the registration active registration that's correct wow and um we have found 740 deceased on our voter rolls hmm. why do we have 700 vote early deceased? vote early and vote often yeah. you know when we were um when we were um when i looked at this quite a few years ago there were i, I found several studies where in some jurisdictions they found dogs that were registered to vote yes you know it's uh there was a I'll, I'll never forget there was a dog named Ritzy Meckler in St. Louis that was registered to vote. I wrote a, I wrote a paper about Ritzy. Um, but anyway, do y'all have recommendations for uh, what's the group going to be doing? I mean, obviously, you've revealed some information. You're still working. What's the what is the plan for, you know, what, what are y'all going to continue to do? Obviously, this is not the in the end game. Y'all are going to continue to work on this issue. We're going to continue to canvas until someone takes notice. Um, I'm grateful to you for having us on because, you know, WMBF, WPD, they're not going to have us on. Why not? Um, I don't know. <laughs> maybe y'all Someone need to, invite maybe, us, maybe please. Y'all, yeah, y'all need to hire me to, to do some uh, door knocking for you. Um, but Speculate. It, it's yeah. important to get the word out because a lot of people are unaware of how dirty and inflated our voter rolls are. And that's only used for fraud. It, yeah. it needs to be cleaned up. And um, we are advocating to get rid of the voting machines. Um, they're vulnerable. Um, they're easily hackable. And this is where the dirty rolls come into place and how elections are stolen. Yeah. And, and didn't we buy those from somebody because they didn't want them? Didn't they come from like Louisiana or something? Well, yes. they have a they have a history. Yeah, they have, they a, have history. a storied past. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting tale. Some people will tell you that they're completely uh, safe to vote. But the, the bottom line is it doesn't matter whether the machines have integrity or not. Let's assume for purposes of this discussion that they do. But if you start with a roll that allows people to vote who are dead or don't live in the county or have moved to Texas, it doesn't matter whether the machines have integrity or not. The whole election starts from a from a faulty starting point. Correct. So It's ripe for fraud in that case. Yeah. Well, how can folks get in touch with you guys if they want to follow up with you? They can visit our website, which is sc.safeelections.org, or they can email us at sc.safeelections.ore at protonmail.org. SC Safe Elections ORE at protonmail.com. Dot com. Very good. Well, listen, Jeremy, thank you so much. Uh, Kylie, thank you too for coming in. It's Kylie Clark and Jeremy Vaught. The organization is SC Safe Elections. I hope you guys will check it out. You can find them online at sccsafeelections.org. Y'all come back anytime. Keep us up to date on how it's going and we'll, we'll help you. Will do. Thank you, Reese. Y'all take care. Have a great day. Thank y'all. Folks, it's Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Stick with us. We'll be right back with uh, more after these words from our sponsors. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5.
Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team, eXp Realty. And Greg, if you represent a seller in this market, how do you help them determine what the right listing price is in a market such as this? To determine the right listing price today, you have to look at the current pendings that are comparable. We don't even need to look at the closed sales because that's in the past. In an upward trending market that's going up this quickly, we look at homes that are on the market that are for sale or have just gone pending. And that's what we're basing our pricing on. But you have to be careful not to overprice. When the home is on the market for more than 25 to 30 days, people start wondering what's wrong. So you got to be careful not to overprice it. Folks, that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. This little something. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I want to thank Kylie Clark and Jeremy Vaught and SCSafeElections.org with Safe SCSafeElections. Why am I struggling with that name? I don't know. SCSafeElections.org from coming in. What a fascinating effort. And man, they're doing something. Mm -hmm. You know, they're actually, I've, we've said time and time again, folks, if we don't make sure that we can trust the integrity of our elections we're done game over and it all starts on the local level you say that every week yeah and these two are are investing their own time and money to to do this to do this yeah. and and really truly if we can't trust uh the results of the election nothing else matters there you know and what's important speaking of following the science uh glenn is there you know they're actually gathering data you know, right. and that's important. We, yeah. we have to have data about, we have to be able to, to, to show meaningful data. And I hear some people on this issue, uh, you know, they'll, they'll say things and they pick a, they, they pick a limited data set and they'll make some comments extrapolating from that, that really statistically just don't make any sense. Right. And so, you know, data is what we need more. The more data we can get, the more we can measure this problem. Uh, the better. So thank you all for all that you're doing. And, um, and man, what an important effort because we've got to fix this problem. And I do think that we've got to fix the electing uh, process with the voting process. I think I, I continue to say, I think we need to start with a paper ballot and end with a paper ballot. And, and if you want to use a computer to scan it, if somebody wants to convince me that we have no choice, but to scan it and count everything using computers, you know, fine, so be it. But I think the process needs to start uh, with a paper ballot. You know, so um, a couple of things going on quickly. I'll share with you guys the uh, let's see. Art Ruffalicious reminds us that there is a macaroni, macaroni mania. festival. Yeah. Macaroni mania yeah. today. That's uh, at the North Myrtle Beach Park and Sports Complex. 
I did not know there was such a thing as uh, macaroni mania, but apparently yeah. there is. So Art's inviting everybody to come out to that. It's from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it's a macaroni competition with many delicious dishes to sample and vote on. Yep. Uh, beer. Beer is good. Ed Piotrowski, Jennifer Abney will yeah. be there from WPD. Silent Auction. Eric Westfield from uh, WMBF will be there, and we're a, a proud partner with them. Yeah. Uh, dog adoption. So a lot to do there. Cadillac Gary reminds us that 85 Overdrive playing tonight yeah. at Harley's Roadhouse from 730 to 1130. So good family-friendly atmosphere at, uh, at the Roadhouse. So y'all check that out. And also, we got the home show. You'll be at the home yep. show later. I will stop by the home show. I was there yesterday. A good turnout. <gasps> hey, if you if you've got it, it's a beautiful day. Go to the home show. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, event, and that's at the convention center, correct? Yes, it is. Very good. Yep. So, a lot going on here in uh, in uh, the Grand Strand area today for y'all to check out. Get out and enjoy some of this beautiful uh, weekend. Enjoy your weather. Right now, folks, we are uh, joined here on this on the program. By Zach Smith. Zach is with the Heritage uh, Foundation. We teased this interview earlier. Zach is going to share with us uh, his thoughts about a recent, uh, rather bizarre, assassination attempt by a BLM activist. And funny how the wheels of justice appear to turn swiftly for some, but not so swiftly for others. He's already out of jail. And, uh, well, it was like hours he was out of yeah. jail. That's ridiculous. So, Zach Smith is a legal fellow for the Mies Center of the Heritage Foundation. Joins us this morning on Saturday Morning Coffee. Good morning, Zach. How are you? Oh, it's a pleasure. Always uh, great to speak with you guys from the Mothership Heritage. We uh, we appreciate all that y'all are doing. By the way, the Mies Center, I assume that's named after former Attorney General Ed Mies? Yeah, I actually have a... Um, uh, uh, a friend who is now or was the U.S. attorney for South Carolina who was uh, at the Mies Center when we were both in D.C. right after law school and a uh, good guy. So I know a, a lot of uh, a lot of folks who have come through there. So it's a pleasure to talk to you, Zach. Tell me about this uh, bizarre incident that you've written about where a, a BLM activist attempted to assassinate, uh, I believe it was a county council member. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. It's insanity. Well, well, Zach, we are running short on time, but I really appreciate the work that y'all are doing. If folks want to learn more about this ongoing work that you're doing at the Mies Center, how can folks follow you? Great. Excellent stuff. Zach, thanks so much. Keep up the great work. And anytime you want to come back on the show, uh, just let me know. You've got our number, okay? Very good. Take care. Thanks, folks. It's Zach Smith with the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team, EXP Realty. And Greg, the question on everybody's mind these days, what is going on with this real estate market now? We have just come off three straight months of rising single-family home inventory, coupled with three straight months of slightly decreasing home sales. So what that tells us is the beginning of the shift is on. That frenzied market we felt this summer is really over. 
over with and we're at the beginning of a shifting market. So this means if you've been waiting, waiting for this continued run up in the market, the time to get your property on the market is right now before things change more. Folks, that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. Gamblers in the wilderness, gamble me. Get a little restless from the search and get a little more down in between. Bull chasing the mad dog, man left in his own scheme. Everybody needs someone beside him. And good morning, it's Reese Boyd. You've made it to the Parting Wisdom segment of another episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for sticking with us here on the program, 8.53 on your Saturday morning. I want to thank Zach Smith with the Mies Center from the Heritage Foundation for giving us a really fascinating interview about some crazy things that are happening. One of the things we didn't get a chance to talk about, Glenn, with Zach, I may have him back on the show, is to really come up, we've got to come up with an effective strategy for getting these rogue prosecutors out of office. Yeah. And, you know, George Soros and his ilk, the money that, that he's poured into these races, is why a lot of these prosecutors uh, have been elected. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to come up with some election reform. And I'm not exactly sure how the Constitution will, will work with this, but I think we're going to have to limit the ability to fundraise for these law enforcement positions. Essentially what you are as a prosecutor, you are you are the prosecutorial, prosecutorial arm of the law enforcement community. Um, we're gonna have to prevent those people from being, you, you can't allow George Soros to buy a DA seat in LA. That just doesn't work, no. that doesn't work. And so we're gonna have to come up with some election reform ideas that prevent him from uh, banking folks like uh, Gascon and and other idiot rogue prosecutors and 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 you know getting them in office uh, when they clearly are, are a problem they're they're destroying our cities and we've got to stop by the way our friend Tom Heron just stopped by the uh, studio for his program which is coming up next up with America y'all stick around for that and he has given me two souvenir copies of uh, this are this is a time magazine uh, from November 17 1980 celebrating the election of my president, Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. So I, I have this as a PDF. I told Tom I have the PDF, but I've never even seen the real the real thing. Well, so, and, and he gave me the 1988 Sports Illustrated with Doug Williams, yeah. Washington Redskins on so, the front. So thank you, Tom, for that. Folks, I want to share this little bit of wisdom with you. This comes from the case files of uh, Davis and Boyd. Um, we were involved in a recent effort to fix an estate plan for an individual. We got a late call one evening. Somebody was literally on their deathbed. We went to the home and the individual was clearly desiring to make a change to their estate plan, but they were also clearly not in 
a mental state where they had yep. capacity uh, to implement an estate plan. And it's really a sad situation. And I just want to remind you guys this uh, little piece of wisdom. Uh, we had we tried to work with her. We I sat there with her and literally on her deathbed and tried to figure out a way to make some stuff happen. But it was too late. Every one of us has a birthday, obviously. Let me remind you that each of us also have a day, a date that has been appointed uh, for us to leave this place and to move on. Hopefully you will move on to eternity with your creator, but uh, we all move on from this place. There's an appointed time for all of us to leave and don't put off until the very last minute preparing uh, to leave this place because it will happen. It happens on a timeline and it comes sometimes when we least expect it. So uh, don't assume that you are going to live on this earth forever. You won't. You will live forever. You can live forever. We will live forever, but we're not going to live on this earth uh, forever. So don't put off planning for the hereafter until the very last minute. And a little important uh, tip for you guys to remember. Also, let me leave you with this bit of wisdom uh, from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will Uh, direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I want to thank again all our guests uh, today. I want to thank Zach Smith uh, with Heritage. I also want to thank um, uh, Kylie Clark and Jeremy Vaught with sccafeelections.org. I hope you guys will uh, check those out. And want to remind you guys, come out this weekend to the uh, home show. Be uh, a fun time. And and don't miss the uh, macaroni Festival at I know, the doesn't North. That sound like fun. I know that I mean, sounds like who doesn't love macaroni and cheese? And you get to hang out with Art Ruffalicious. And, exactly. Uh, I mean, just a lot of fun stuff going on, and just get out and enjoy some of this great weather, and uh, have a great rest of your weekend. I want to thank Tom Heron for the uh, Souvenir Newsweek, and y'all stick around for Up with America coming up next on uh, WTKN, and have a great week. We'll see you next week for more Saturday morning coffee right back here at this uh, same time same channel next week y'all have a great week be blessed Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, wrapping your wealth around your purpose is not just a slogan. It is the heart and soul of our firm. And how we do that is getting to know you and making sure you know your purpose. Then our keep more strategy is deployed. We want you to keep more so you can spend more and then you can give more and then one day you can leave more. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker dealer out of Dallas, Texas. It's Pile Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. This is WTKN Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. All the Clemson Tigers action. Talk 94.5.